Hi, I'm Abe. I'm Josh. I'm Anas. And this is the Chalk My Bag podcast. Welcome, everybody. In this week's episode, we're going to be talking about the USAPL lifetime membership, as well as what we feel USAPL meets will look like in the future. And we'll be answering questions that we received from you all on our Instagram. I feel like a good place to start with the new USAPL lifetime membership is that it's stupid. It's stupid. (laughs) Next topic. Next topic. No, it really is. Why? Why? Why did they do that? Why? Why? I don't understand. I'm looking at the USAPL.com and Mm -hmm. it says that the lifetime memberships are good from the purchase date for the life of the member. Cost will vary depending on the age of the member registering and the members must be 17 years of age or older. And so, yeah, yeah, across the board, it's it's up. It's past two thousand dollars, but the highest one is for around our age range which is $2,437. Oh my so, God. Yeah. Oh my yeah. God. 17. So, <laughs> so you know, what's funny about this is that, well, not funny, but kind of sad, but so the fact that they will charge you more, the younger you are and the less, the older you are means that they anticipate that you're probably going to die sooner the older you are. <laughs> oh, so man, like, is, that, is that such a crime <laughs> to think you're going to die when you're, like, 70 years old? Well, because, like, 17 to 22, like you said, Josh, 17 to 22 years old, the price is $2,437. And then yeah. 83 plus is $306, which... What is the average membership cost? Right here it says $65 is what it is for a yeah. year. 60 65 so, bucks, yeah. Okay, so if we take the $305 divided by the 65 annual membership, what, what it would be normally? Be like they only years. anticipate No, they only anticipate that you'll live for about 4 to 5 years if you're over 83. Oh, oh, nice. <laughs> yeah. Cuz it's 305 divided by 65. Yeah, but, wow. Yeah. So, and for the oh, open, nice. it's uh, like if you buy the lifetime membership, they'll give you like you have to be a member for over thirty-seven years to actually make sense. Because uh, like thirty twenty-four thirty divided by sixty-five, that's like thirty-seven years of membership. Jeez. I wonder how long how long have like members like David Ricks or like I mean I can think of a few you know, older powerlifters, but I, I, I really am curious who looks at that and says, you know what? I think that's a good price. That's a, yeah. that's a, that's a reasonable price. <laughs> amount. Much. And, and get this too on that page. It says you only get a 5% discount on entry for nationals. So like nationals isn't even covered. You still got to pay for Nats. If you, if you qualify, five, wait, what? 5%. Yeah. <laughs> so what is it like 10 bucks? I guess it covers you if you only decide to compete locally for forever. I mean, you would have to give me some more incentive. Like, let me bring my own cameraman in. I don't even know if that's still a thing. Like, let me let me have, like, a free access to one meet a year. What, what do so, you mean it covers you for, for local meets? Oh, wait, never mind. It doesn't say that. I retract that statement. 
Yeah, I was gonna say, does <laughs> yeah. it? Does it? Because because if it covers it. local meets, then yeah, maybe if you do twenty meets a year, yeah, it makes sense. it would be it would be worth it, right? Because oh, each meet's yeah. about a hundred dollars. I want to compete twenty times in the year. That sound. That's a. <laughs> yeah, I thought you get like free entries for me. <laughs> That's I mean, like for a-, a lifetime membership, uh, the benefit here's okay. So there are there are to be fair, what, there what is a the list benefits? of benefits. Okay, <laughs> so here's, and I want you guys to tell me if you think these are worth it. So the lifetime membership benefits. Hold on, you let me tell you. Personalized? No. Okay. 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 <laughs> I don't think it's worth it. You know, uh, don't waste your time. <laughs> yeah. This is like don't even read the list. It's not. <laughs> okay. So well. Personalized membership jacket. So it says lifetime member jacket. You have a personalized lifetime member ID card. You have a personalized (laughs) lifetime member embroidered patch. You have a pin. You have decals. You have a free spectator entry to all USAPL uh, national. Oh, so free spectator entry to all USAPL nationals. Mm-hmm. Only nationals. And then 5% discount on courses and seminars and 5% discount on entry only for nationals. So, <laughs> so you can choose to cancel your membership for any reason. They can cancel your membership for disciplinary reasons that result in suspension or expulsion uh, or for any positive doping offense that result in suspension. Okay, so lifetime memberships will terminate and you will not be entitled to reactivation reinstatement or any refund if they suspend you or if you cancel it yourself okay so for 2400 bucks you're getting a jacket some decals whatever yeah five so, yeah. percent discount yes yeah, um, yeah, I, yeah. I don't think it's worth it no i'll pass hey man no. but the jacket looks pretty sick so why do you think they did um they, they're giving entries for people with lifetime memberships for nationals the, so you're the, telling me that if I have a lifetime membership, I have priority to sign up for nationals? Yes. Correct. Yeah. That's how they're doing it right now. They have to justify it somehow. So they have to, in, oh, you pay for this, don't compete. doesn't matter if you've, you're like number 1,000 in, in the database. <laughs> Everyone knows that the stronger you are, the more money that just kind of just fills up your bank account. Everyone knows yeah. strength is correlated to money. That's why the USAPL gives out so many. You know, it's funny is that like people always say like, man, I wish the USAPL had more money meets like the USPA and other federations. Yeah, that was me. And the, the, yeah, <laughs> that was a Josh. <laughs> and, then, and then USAPL is like, oh, money meets. Yeah, yeah, we can have some money meets. You give us a lot of money. Yeah. And we'll let you compete in our meets. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think they got it, they got it backwards. Yeah, they got it back. <laughs> they, they have the paper in their hand, and it's like upside down. They're like money meets. Yeah, money meets. We, well, uh, these meets cost money. Yeah, absolutely. They, you guys are right. It. They're like, oh yeah, they want to give us money. Oh they yeah, want, yeah, they want to pay that. us more money to do. Yeah. <laughs> okay, absolutely, we can, perfect. We can do that. We're we on the same page. You know what's funny? That better be the nicest thing ever. It better come with hundred dollar bills in the pocket. <laughs> it better, you know, for, if I'm paying twenty five hundred dollars for a jacket, it better come with two thousand four hundred dollars and fifty dollars. Each of you pay twenty five hundred for a jacket. What about the other yeah. the other benefits you get from the membership? The five the five percent discount. The stickers. <laughs> that, that, that pays for itself. That's priceless. <laughs> okay, so let's say. What is normal entry to a meet? Twenty dollars. 
Yeah, maybe in like the sixties. Twenty dollars. No, 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 no. As a spectator, as a spectator. Oh, spectator. Um, anywhere between five and twenty-five. <laughs> he said the sixties. <laughs> okay, so let's say let's say on the high end, let's say it's twenty-five dollars. Okay, you're saving twenty-five dollars for entry to national. So yeah, yeah. Uh, you're paying you're paying twenty-five hundred dollars for the jacket. So that means so since nationals is only run once a year, that means you have one time a year to get a free uh, entry to a nationals unless you can go on yeah. different days, right? Yeah. Well, it's usually like get four, four days. Four, four days. Let's yeah. say you get four days. Do you have to pay $25 each of the four days? Each day, yeah. $100. Each day, yeah. Okay, so so we're at $100. So that means that okay, that that actually works out perfectly. So if you go to each of the four days each year for nationals for a hundred years for the next yeah then, sixty yeah, years you're gonna no hundred years okay hundred years no Josh at sixty years you're still not making your money back so um, ah that yeah that actually makes perfect sense so yeah can, there's can we there's, factor in the five percent discount for yeah national oh, for entry? entry yeah that's like seven so bucks what is what is entry let's say one fifty one fifty yeah. It's been a hundred plus. So five so percent would be seven and a half dollars. Oh, that's oh, okay. a so seven. Steal. Oh my god! Yeah, actually, can you only get one member lifetime membership? I was thinking about getting a few just in case. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't know why you guys are laughing, but w- will your yeah. discount kind of add up or? Yeah, well, no. So you you don't see so you're not see so you, you. I'm actually on the side of USAPL right now because I now I'm starting to see. So let's just okay. You guys are oh god okay. You're getting a jacket. You're getting a pocket full of uh, stickers. You're getting a pin. And you're getting a personalized ID card. You get $100 bills in that jacket. Yeah. Are they they giving you stock in the company too? (laughs) They're giving giving you Bitcoin. (laughs) But so you're getting 5% off of courses and seminars too. You know those courses and seminars that everybody takes from the USA? Everyone takes them. You're going to get 5% off of that. Oh, Absolutely. Man. So, so you now you have an incentive to give them more money. So, doesn't that sound better? Sounds I, great. I think, yeah, yeah. Like I'm, I'm almost sold. Almost. Oh, almost. you're almost, almost sold. Almost. Did I did I mention that you get a free spectator entry to all USAPL nationals? <laughs> okay. You know what? Okay. Oh, oh wait, no, I'm no. Man, did man. I also oh. mention that you can't uh, you can't cancel your membership for any reason? You know, it's funny with the spectator thing. The year we when we all went to Nats, what is it? One of y'all just bought bought it, and they gave you the the wristband. We just all like kept swapping the wristband to to get in and out, so we wouldn't have to keep paying. Yeah, I'm not gonna pay ten dollars every session. Yeah, do you remember? <laughs> okay, so you know it's it's but it's easier now because now you you can all pitch in to buy one lifetime membership and then just share the jacket. Oh, oh okay. okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would be how much? Twenty five hundred over three. Maybe like eight hundred bucks. Pocket change. Like seven eight hundred bucks. All I have to say is I'm not surprised that this is the route that the USAPL is going because they have made a history of not listening to the lifters who have been more than willing to give them feedback. Um, I I I know that we're also gonna talk about what we feel like meets are gonna look like in the future. Uh, and that and that has a lot of different factors, but I feel like in terms of what's going on with this lifetime membership, I feel like uh, meets are going to be more uh, pay to play 
more than they already are. Yeah, that's that's just unfortunate. I are mean, you talking about nationals or meets in general? I think meets in general, but yeah, I, I feel like ex- especially the top level meets nationals. I feel like are just going to be uh, encourage encouraging folks who have more disposable income to attend as opposed to uh, looking at merit. And then the solution to try to fix the problem of not having enough spots for nationals, having this this one off invite only meet in Carolina. I don't I don't think that's the move, man. I don't well, I don't think that's that's from the national office. I think that's a random random um meet director who's hosting this meet. Oh, is that, yeah. oh okay. Which sounds I mean, which is, sounds pretty good. What sounds so good about it though? I mean, for people who are not going to be able to get in nationals, let's say like your number seven uh, ranked nationally and you can't get in nationals because you have 30,000 people trying to sign up in time um, and you don't, you don't get in, but you still want to, but you still want to compete against top, top tier lifters. So now you have this meet, it's an invite only meet and they're inviting, I'm not sure who, who they're inviting, but I think they're going based off of that 2020 rankings. Oh, so okay. Yeah. So, so they'll be inviting like top lifters to compete in this meet. And that this, sounds like what national should be doing. That's yeah. That's, that should it, be national. Yeah. National that was going to say, only. yeah, that's how it should. That's how national should be. But it, it's, you know, so since not a random guy is doing it. Yeah. You since, know. since they're not doing it, like you have this meet director is like, well, nationals is not going to do it. Well, I'll do it. Hold on. With this meet, they're offering cash prizes. And cash get, prizes? Yeah. Oh, yeah. man. You, don't, you, know, you know what that means. You don't have to pay 2500 to get in. You just... Yeah, dude. Yeah, you pay them an entry fee board. and you have... I don't understand. That doesn't make any sense. Oh, I yeah. don't have to pay $2,500? Um, you, you can, can. still show up with their cool jacket, Abe. I mean... Oh, yeah. thank goodness. Okay. <laughs> you walk on the platform with your jacket. Can I lift with this on? Yeah, can... Can, I just want everyone to see my jacket and all my cool pins real quick before I lift. Is that okay? But yeah, I did. I didn't know that the Carolina meet had nothing to do with Nats. So good on that meet director for uh, yeah, you know, taking what it upon himself. What's the name of the competition called? Carolina Primetime? Yeah. Oh well, Primetime came from Nationals, right? Isn't that like the whole? That was the whole thing that happened a few years ago, where Nationals became so flooded with people from like. Every like there was there were thousands of people at nationals um, flooding into uh, the the venue, so they had to split it up amongst the the general population and like the top few percentage of lifters that were at a an international or like a highly competitive level. Which to me is weird because like I get on a money basis like more people equals more entry fees, but if it's a national stage, what's the purpose of having to split it? between general population and like strong lifters, because why wouldn't you just focus on the people? Cause like the prime time went up like at midnight and like, you know, two in the morning at some yeah, cases. That, that like, was, so that why was, not just focus on that? I mean, that was the first year of running it. Um, mm-hmm. And I think they really wanted to try to, sh- it was like the year when they tried to showcase like the amount of talent that we actually had, you know, they, they actually tried to, um, you know, make it more interesting and show that they are doing some sort of production. 
at least for the higher level like lifters, which I thought was like a good good move in the right direction. Yeah, what do you think, Abe? If I don't think you like anything that USAPL is doing or did. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, look, I get it. I, I honestly, I get it. I th- and I, I think that what they're doing makes perfect sense from the standpoint of a business. Like, yeah. I, Aren't shoot, they a non-profit, though? No, yeah, the USAPL okay. is Oh, they are. Yes. They are. Okay, so the USAPL operates as a registered 501c3 nonprofit organization. Uh, but something that uh, I have experience with working with nonprofits oh, is maybe. that Tell them. A, a non so an, a nonprofit doesn't necessarily mean uh, or zero zero revenue. Um, it just means that the expenses that the organization has outweigh the revenue that they make. You know what I mean? So see a lot of CEO and presidents of nonprofits make really big salaries, um, and that is for whatever justification, whether it be the work that they put into and then, and a lot of it is justified, but you can make six figures salary as a CEO of a nonprofit. And, and as long as your operating expenses and everything else that it takes to run the nonprofit, uh, equal out the money that you bring in, then you can still be registered as a nonprofit. So, so at the end of the day, they're still a business. Yeah. So they got, they got money, but the money is going to the CEO. So quote unquote no i didn't say that yeah they have to they have to spend what they're making essentially and if they send they can spend it on marketing they can spend it on operations they can spend it on salaries cool jackets. Uh, they can spend it cool jackets <laughs> yeah cool jackets <laughs> and so like and that to that vein i don't think what they're doing from the standpoint of a business is wrong because what they're doing is they're making more lifters feel included by making it a level playing field. Like, Oh, I can compete at the same level as some of the international and national level lifters that I, uh, that I idolize. That's pretty cool. But from the standpoint of a sport that's trying to, I guess, make their, their lifters feel valued. They're not doing a very good job. A lot of the high national level lifters are unhappy because they have to compete for their spot to compete essentially yeah. or they can spend 2500 bucks and get and just free, get in why wouldn't you want to spend 2500 dollars? honestly okay, we, okay so what, what do you think of us what do you what do you what do you think or what do you what do you think about how they currently are looking like and what do you think that they're going to look like i mean you're talking about local meets or national What's the difference? Just, just meets in general like i mean because this is kind of this is kind of setting the precedent for what meets are going to look like, right? Uh, I don't think meet directors are going to follow what uh, nationals are going to look like. So, so do you, you think, think that local meets are going to look completely different than national meets? Yeah. Why would you? Why would you copy like a meet that people like everyone's hating on? Like everyone hates how nationals is set up. Like why would meet directors be like, oh, this is this is a good idea. People seem to love it. I'll I'll just do the same thing. So you're you're saying that. People are gonna look at what the Carolina meet director are doing, and they're gonna—they think that's the right move. So meets are gonna start to, I guess, build themselves around what that looks like. I think the meets versus will, nationals. Yeah, I think the meets will uh, will um, be more for um, what is it called? Like for the people for for people who want the meets with higher level lifters, uh, since nationals not gonna provide that. It seems like um, directors, like local meet directors, are 
stepping in and like giving the people what they want, basically. I remember they used to put more emphasis on like regionals too. Y'all remember that? I thought that was like a good idea. You know, how like there was a clear, there was a clear path to where if you did well at your local meet, um, you could go to regionals. And if you did like the best in your region, they would um, offer you a spot. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. Yeah. So there was like a clear and distinct path to like, oh, okay, here's this goal I need to shoot for, then another goal. And, you know, it just, it seemed more streamlined that way than, you know, pay 2500 now and you can come lift, you know. I'm sorry. The thing with regionals was um, if you place a thing like number, like if you place first to third, you get a, you get a free entry for nationals if you don't qualify. But the people who, who place first to third already qualify for nationals. So like it didn't, it didn't oh, benefit okay. anyone. <laughs> if it really was about making it more of like exclusive and trying to make the national stage seem like an accomplishment and less of a money grab, then it would have to be a requirement in order to be in nationals to, to place in some level at the regional level. Like even like, you know, one through five at the regional level, which again is still hard to classify because then you're looking at individual weight classes. But mm-hmm. if if regionals was in some way enforced as a prerequisite, a prerequisite or a necessary accomplishment in order to get to nationals and like if regionals was what secured your place in nationals then that would make sense but like to not even really have to and you can correct me if i'm wrong but to not really even have to place at regionals but just to get a certain total and then just or i don't even know if you have to do regionals i think you can just probably do a local meet get a total and then go to nationals is that right yeah. yeah, the way they did it was you had to compete locally. So you had to have a, a local total. And then you would go to regionals. But because they offered that incentive of like, if you place high enough, we, you, we'll, we'll let you go to nationals. It just seemed more like streamlined to do it that way. Then, you know, you have to compete, meet a certain amount at like a local meet. And then you just go to nationals like it kind of it kind of gave there, there were more opportunities to try to um, earn your spot into nationals rather than yeah. you're you're the best of the best and you can go. Yeah. yeah but to, to be fair, like in, at this time, you can't have a thousand people compete. So like the, the thing that makes sense yeah. is like, why not send invites to the number like one to 15 lifters, like the, the top, the top tier lifters, they get their, they get their invites and you have like a, a prime time only meet, which I mean, which makes the most, most sense. But now yeah. they're only doing number one to three, then mm-hmm. lifetime members get a, get an invite and people who email Priscilla and ask her for an invite, get an invite. Yeah, and... Wait, who's Priscilla? <laughs> who's Priscilla? Priscilla Presley, Elvis Presley's daughter. Is she? Is she who's running USAPL? No, yeah. it's uh, Candido, the baseball player. I mean, Priscilla thinks she can. Um, I don't know. I don't know her exact title, but I mean, she has. She can basically um, give you an invite if you want one. Like, or she can. She can control. Who um, gets in? 
who could send basically yeah yeah what do you do just reach out to her and say hey please let me in yeah you can just email her but you have to be friends with her and if you're not friends with priscilla i don't think you can get an invite yeah what this is a real thing somebody did this somebody reached out to priscilla said hey can you send me an invite to nationals yes this really happened like this is happening right now Okay, let's let's so, let's just move on. I mean, I don't know you if you want to. Okay, you don't want to. Okay, this. all right. I'll take <laughs> this out. Of, I'll take this out of the podcast, and I know you still want to get into nationals, so I don't want to ruin your chances. So, wow. Priscilla, I'll, if you're listening, so let's see. Okay, so let's get back on track because I don't want to get not announced banned from the USAPL. Oh no, I'm, fine. <laughs> I'm not making things up. I mean, that's that's what hap- That's what's happening. That yeah, right. But, exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I feel like what's going to happen with meets is that, like Anand said, there's going to be a there's going to be a, a this or that, like a stratification between local level and national level, and that there's going to be a, a large population of lifters who compete at the local level, uh, and you know they they enjoy it, they have a good time without any aspirations of competing at the national level. I feel like that already happens, um, and then there are going to be lifters who compete at the national level. And are going to consistently complain about whatever occurs, whatever business decision that the USAPL makes. Um, I don't know if quality is going to suffer. I don't know if there's going to be any major differences between the local and national level. But I just feel like there's not going to be as many new lifters coming in who are going to want to strive for the national stage. I feel like that there's just going to be more people who are focusing on the local level and that local meet directors are going to do more to attract a, a larger audience themselves. And maybe eventually the USAPL national office doesn't like that because maybe national attendance goes down and then maybe they step in and they, and they limit what local meet directors can do. So it could eventually come back to hurt the lifter because if the, the USAPL national office is focusing on the money they make, instead of trying to optimize the, the, the path, or the life cycle of their lifters, you know, then what's, you know, what's the logical next step? If money's coming out of their pocket, no one's paying for these nice jackets. They're going to go after the local directors who are putting on these alternate meets, these alternate nationals. You know what I mean? Yeah. I I think, I think there's going to be more of a bigger divide between like normal local level lifters and um, like higher, higher level lifters. So uh, that's that's the way I see it. like meets going from um, how they are now to future meets, or they might not change. <laughs> I mean, or they might not. Oh, no, change. So you really think that? Do you really think they're not going to change? Yeah. Why would they? I don't. I don't see how like how nationals going to affect like everything else. Like, what else is nationals going to affect? In the past episodes, you said that like those those meets are the ones that get the most press. Which so, one? national uh, national level meets and like the arnold and yes the... but i don't think but i don't think they're gonna impact like how local meets are going to be running if anything i think the local meets are headed in the right direction and nationals are headed in the, in the wrong direction in, in the toilet yeah i agree with you on that i just think that eventually if local meets become so popular amongst lifters that they're like you know what forget it like i'm not even gonna bother doing nationals and if attendance at national goes below a certain threshold that the national office or that the, you know, the USAPL office themselves, that then they'll say, okay, so why is national attendance going down? Oh, is it because local meets are, are off the chain and everyone's doing them? Okay, well, let's, let's 
somehow restrict local meets so that people will have to do nationals or people will you know be more incentivized to do nationals i think that you're right local meets are going to be get are going to get better and nationals are going to get worse and eventually nationals is going to get jealous of locals and nationals is going to come over and beat locals booty (laughs) (laughs) to put it in simple terms that was that was pretty good eh? bravo I mean, yeah, but that will take. I think that will take a long time because yeah, like there six is months. No, but no, there isn't. <laughs> there isn't much incentive for people to do local meets because anyone can sign up for a local meet. But for nationals, you get if you win, you get you get a spot on the on the national team, and you get to compete with like everyone. You get you get to compete with the top lifters of your weight class, so it gives people that incentive. And you have high production quality. You have like the live stream. You have um, all your friends are going. You meet. You meet all your lift, like all your all the lifters you follow. Mm-hmm. So there is way more incentive for for nationals than there is for a local meet. For a local meet, you can go and you have someone in your weight class squatting like seventy kilos, and you have someone squatting like three hundred kilos. So like it's not. And then me right in the middle. Yeah, and yeah. someone in the middle, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I see, yeah. Yeah, I, I think it just depends on the lifter. I think it depends on what their aspirations are mm-hmm. on a competitive level. Um, I just That's my opinion on how I see meets going for the general population of lifters because it used to be that once you get that total, you know, you go to nationals and then they raise the total uh, threshold and then people still kept going to nationals. And they talked about raising it some more, and people still kept going. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like eventually, when people and for that same reason, for announce what you said to go have fun, meet people on a similar competitive level and strength level, and to have that the clout that came with it, whether to make it to the national team yeah. or to just say that you competed on the national stage. It's not what it used to be, but I mean, if this is a precedence that nationals is going to set then i mean it's like anas said um in previous episodes like there'll be good meat directors that'll come up and will actually listen to their lifters and will try to put on better meats versus what um who's ever handling nats is is putting on but i mean like in the, like the in the past year or two we've had like two or three meat directors who who were doing um, the prime time sessions and like the top uh, top lifters competing against each other? Because I know there was a meet recently uh, where they had I think like over six people um, having like over five hundred Wilks, like maybe even more. Mm-hmm. And you have this like this meet I'm doing coming up in two weeks. Uh, Wes is having a prime time session as well, and you have this Carolina meet. Is having a primetime session and cash prizes, cash prizes. So I think it's local meets are definitely getting a lot better. Um, yeah. Well, yeah, local meets are on the come up. Yeah, yeah. If I anything, maybe it. nationals. Maybe the, yeah. Josh, Josh called it. Remember that. I just think that if if uh, top level lifters get fed up and stop going to nationals and just start competing on a, a local level, and I think the biggest nail in the coffin for making nationals seem appealing is if local meets start offering consistent money prizes 
you're just going to start seeing high level lifters competing on the local level to get the money prizes and you won't see as many 70 kilo squats going up against 300 kilo squats and like i said before that just kind of makes even more incentive for the national office to step in and say hey no local meets can have money prizes because that's attracting too many high level lifters um or if you know high level lifters aren't going to nationals anymore because they'd rather win you know $500 $1000 who can blame them i can't i mean honestly i feel like there's there's not enough money in powerlifting as there is so if somebody who's good at it has an opportunity to make a couple hundred, a couple thousand dollars uh, doing it, good for them. They should. Yeah, I think I think it will take a lot from the local meet. They have to offer a lot of incentive for yeah. high, like top tier lifters to 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 stop going to nationals and do those local meets instead. Because like for nationals, there's a lot of incentive, but for local meets, there isn't as much. I mean, with the cash prizes, I think that so. That's a really good incentive, so they could, mm-hmm. they could. That's what I think is going to happen. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it will take, yeah, it will take a lot for local meets to like to get all these top tier lifters to not do nationals and do those local meets instead. I I disagree. I don't think it's going to take that much. I think it's going to take the national level. I think that if the national level does really bad, <laughs> yeah, or nationals just goes like like yeah they, yeah they have to yeah yeah <laughs> like if nationals is like hey in order to be in order to compete this year uh we i'm gonna have to hit you in the head as hard as i can with this hammer you got um, five thousand dollars yeah i think i'll do a local meet if they're if they're gonna, if they're gonna do that. you gotta put your hand down on the table and i got a hammer and i gotta hit it as hard as i can man that's the only way you can compete sorry and then you, like, gotta, hey, you gotta pay me five thousand dollars Oh, by the way, Nationals is in my backyard this year. <laughs> that's what, that's, that's yeah, what I'm man. saying. Like, it has to go like super bad for Nationals for people to actually stop doing it and and do local meets mm-hmm. instead. That's what I mean, though. Maybe it's gotten better since 2016, and I'm just out of the loop. Um, like like Anas said, he is he's he's happy with the with the current way that it's being run. And, and ultimately, and, and that's and all that. that I said. Uh, like, Anas said he's no, happy with the way that it's being run, and <laughs> no. that there's no improvements that could possibly be made. I got it, Anas. Don't worry, I got you. Yeah. Okay, fine. Just put words in my mouth. That's fine. <laughs> um, no, I said. But, I said it was it was run really well as far as like the venue and like the way they run nationals. But uh, but this year, like they just yeah, I don't think it's run run that well this year. Especially because this is the year after, you know, a really hard year for a lot of people. Like, you know, the fact that there were so many people who, you know, out of employment or they've had some, you know, some sort of extended leave from their work due to the the pandemic. But like, so, yeah. this is the year that they chose to to put this lifetime membership opportunity. Yeah, since people like, are making all years, since people are making less money. So what what, what makes sense? Just charge them more money. People right? have so much. You know what's funny is if they would have made it, it, it's almost the exact amount that you got from that first stimulus check. That's what, I was about to, that's what I was gonna mention. I was like, they should have made it the price of the the stimulus. Just to... so. <laughs> like no no Life dollar amount, just stimulus. Yeah. <laughs> hey, funny enough, the membership is gonna be run at six hundred dollars, or and then like. As news comes up, it's like that we're going to get twelve hundred dollars now. They come up with a press release saying that it's now twelve hundred dollars. Yeah, <laughs> just mail us your stimulus check with the Trump signature on it, and we'll 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 give you that lifetime membership. 
and let me hit you with this hammer. <laughs> All right. Should we should we start answering some of these questions? Yeah, let's get right into it. Let's start uh let's start answering the questions that were asked in our our most recent Instagram poll, which if you're not following us on Instagram at chalk my back, I mean, what are you even doing? You already you've been listening to this podcast already. So the fact that you're not so that you're not, you know, following us is undeniable. Yeah, it's undeniable. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We've got two questions from Josh Cortez. His first one. Okay, let's, let's skip those. Uh, next one. I mean, we could we can we can start with your question that you asked. It's not really a question. No, no, but... no. Let's let's start with Josh Cortez. <laughs> okay. <laughs> How to get past mental blocks in training. Go ahead, Abe. No, you go ahead. I feel like you have more mental blocks than anybody else. Well, uh, that's supposed to be. <laughs> Actually, I don't. Um, I don't think I have mental blocks in training, but so, like some of my lifters do. I think the um, the the person who can help you the most is is your coach. If you're having, um, if you're mentally having a rough time, um, having someone like your coach um, to kind of keep you keep you grounded. Will probably be probably be your best bet. I think it depends. I feel like Anasa's answer really kind of wraps it up well with somebody who needs to uh, rely on, or somebody who has a coach in order to push them to that next level. Like a coach needs to understand where you're at, headspace um, all the time, so that they can they can make a game plan. I just think that if you don't have a coach and you are stuck in some sort of mental plateau. The best way out of that that I've that I've done is by uh, just really trying to test yourself, um, push yourself to um, hit whatever number. Because, like for example, like there's certain numbers who've just they they've been uh, blockers in my training. Where it's like, man, can't get up to 400 because 400 is heavy. Or man, I can't can't get up to 300 bench because that'll hurt my shoulder. But um, I think with I think with anything that is in your way, the only way that you're truly going to get over it is by just facing it head on. And also sometimes it's, there's, there's value in taking a step back. And if you're not training for a meet or if you're not uh, in some sort of preparatory phase, just take a step back, do an alternate style of training, whether it be, you know, bodybuilding or just cardio training, taking time off of training clearing your headspace and then coming back with a fresh mindset is, is very helpful in relieving mental blocks. I like that you mentioned the numbers, like people, people in powerlifting are so focused on the numbers um, that their, that their mindset is mainly goal oriented. So I think that could be a factor to mental blocks. Like if you're super focused on numbers and where you were before and where you're at now, I think switching from like goal oriented to more of a process oriented, would would help like instead of focusing on numbers and like the weight on the bar you could focus some uh some process oriented uh, you can switch to okay i'm gonna see where um i'm gonna focus on my technique today i'm gonna focus on like squatting like focus on my bracing focus on keeping my knees forward and not not too much on not not too much uh, uh focus, on the weight yeah, yeah not too much on the weight yeah yeah. I will say this too. There's been a there. There was something that I, I I heard recently. Ruth sent me a link, and it was really, really uh, interesting. It was from an interview that someone was having with an Olympian. I can't remember the Olympian's name, but she was mentioning uh, how 
during her own training for the Olympics, how it would be so gruesome and uh, not gruesome, how it would be so grueling and, and tough that her coach on a really tough training day told her uh, that there's a rule of thirds. So the rule of thirds is that if during your training or your preparatory phase for a meet or a competition or, or anything really, you feel good a third of the time, you feel crappy a third of the time, and you feel okay a third of the time. And that as long as your training is kind of within that rough ratio, then you're doing okay. So if you're feeling bad or if you're feeling stuck or on a plateau, whatever the case is, keep pushing because that's a day that you have to have. Not every day is going to be the best day of training. And there are going to be situations that you have to push past and transcend. So yeah, the rule of thirds is something that I think is, is it should be kept in your, in the back of a lifter's mind because not every day is going to be a good day, but also the fact that in order to transcend, you have to, to test yourself. Yeah. For, but I would say from my experience, uh, people start having mental, um, like mental blocks or whenever they start kind of hyper focusing on numbers. Cause I mean, that's, that's what powerlifting is about. Like you want to see the, see the, the way go up on the bar. Right. And like when people mm-hmm. start being like hyper focused on that, that's when they, uh, kind of start regressing or like they don't, they don't hit the numbers they want and they keep shooting for those, for those numbers, but they're, they're, they're not there. So instead, I would just take a step back and kind of like overshoot, undershoot. I'm sorry, not overshoot. Undershoot, be a little bit more. You heard it here, guys. Overshoot <laughs> on, your, on your lift. Be, no, be a little if bit anybody, more. If anybody in us trains got it this far in the podcast. No, be a little bit more conservative for like a couple of weeks. Build some momentum. Then like you're probably feel feel a lot better. And those those numbers will come as long as you're more more focused on the process and not not mm-hmm. too much on those like on those weights. Cool. All right. Next question. How to balance training with life? You have to you have to prioritize based off what your goals are. You have to understand that if you want to be a top level athlete, if you want to be great at anything, you have to put your time into it. So to say balancing life and, and, and training, you you can't look at them as as separate areas. If you want to be a top level lifter, training is your life that's that's going to be the forefront of your priorities if you train with the with with different goals in mind not to be the best but to be the best that you can be then you have to prioritize areas of your life that need attention uh, at different levels so whether it be work or if you're in school or if you are trying to uh, progress to another uh, level financially or or in your career you have to prioritize that more than training sometimes and it's okay to put training on the back burner as long as you know that that's not going to to benefit you uh, in being a top level lifter which is completely fine and that took me a long a long time to realize um, because i would try to do uh, i tried to do it all i tried to train every single day and try to you know do good in school and try to excel in my career. And you're just one person. Uh, I'm not saying it's impossible, but it's really hard. And it's a, it's a huge strain on your mentality and it's a huge strain on your attitude and your relationships uh, with people in your life. So understand what's important to you 
and understand what it takes to get what you want and then make a plan, sit down and prioritize what you need to do and what can wait. I kind of had a hard time trying to do that when I first started uh, graduate school, but I realized that um, if I wanted to be successful at both, like you said, prioritizing things matter. So, you know, stuff that you don't really prioritize kind of takes a back burner or doesn't is not part of your life. So doing doing that really puts things in a perspective as to what your time can go into. So once you kind of see it that way, that's that's kind of the plan. That's how you should stick with it. I think adjusting expectations, like if you're if you're expecting to be like the number one lifter and get your master's degree in, in whatever and do and work full time. Like it, that's probably, that's, that's probably, not, yeah, that's probably not going to happen. So if you're, if you if your goals are to do well in school and your secondary goal is to, uh, your secondary goal will be your job. And your third goal is like to do well in lifting. Then your expectations should, should match, should match that. Cause like you should expect to do well in school, but, and do well, like do well at work, but lifting is going to take a hit. Right. But if you expect, but if your goals are different, if your goal is to be the top tier lifter and uh, work and everything else comes comes second, then you can you can pull more time into that and kind of expect expect your lifting to go to go better. Uh, but yeah, I think it all comes down to like time management and like ex- and uh, managing your expectations. Yeah, and then, I mean, there's you there's there's cycles in our in our lives. So like, you know, putting in the work now if you are in school or if you're early on in a career and, and putting in the work to, to get to where you want to be comfortably, then you'll have plenty of time to focus on prioritizing uh, training. But honestly, and I'm not saying this to to rag on anybody, but um, if, if somebody wants to be a, a competitive athlete of any kind, then they already know that. And they already know that that's what they want to put a hundred percent of their time into. So don't beat yourself up if you know you don't want to be that level of an athlete and you just want to do this for fun because your friends do it and you find enjoyment in it, do that. Just don't, don't expect high level results yeah, unless sad. you build your own concrete plates. <sighs> concrete or, if you're, or if you're five, two with monkey arms, then you probably do well. Or, with genetics, oh, with genetics don't count. Genetics though, don't so count. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Monkey. Never Monk. mind. Uh, this one's from Salma. Oh, what do we look for in a protein? Hey, go ahead. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so one course. time I got some Walmart. I got some protein from Walmart, right? When I was in okay. college. <laughs> okay, moving um, on. I bikes. <laughs> <laughs> and I got it. And it mixed It mixed horribly. It tasted like medicine. And so what did I do? I only had to, I took it for a few weeks. I mean, for a week or so, because I wanted to test it out to make sure it really tasted nasty. And because I was a broke college student. But I ended up returning it to Walmart, like half empty, and they took it. Um, so to answer the question, I need to be able to return the protein. <laughs> no, but but seriously, I look for good mixability. I look for a, a, a flavor that's not going to get too boring over time, and and I look for a, you know cost efficiency. Dog, it's got to be cheap. Yeah. Uh for me. 
honestly, I just look at the the grams per per scoop. That's all I look for. I really don't care how it tastes. It's gotta I taste mean, like boba tea. If it, <laughs> no, as long as it it, it tastes, I don't care because I I chug all my protein shakes, so I don't even taste it. I don't I don't sit there and like you know casually drink it. I I just use unflavored protein actually. Like, oh no, I tried that dog. Oh my god, that's disgusting. What's wrong with unflavored protein? It doesn't have a flavor. Make your own flavor. Okay, well you can you can mix it with whatever you want. Yeah. Well what would you mix with it? Cocoa powder. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, I mix it with Gatorade or or Fair Life. <laughs> Is that good? I mean it tastes about the same. Like it doesn't No, doesn't you took too long to answer. <laughs> Is it good? I mean I mean uh, What's good? But you know what though? Anas is an athlete. Tastes the same. He's an athlete. Yeah. I tried I tried making hot chocolate with some unflavored protein that I had bought. Uh-huh. Um How did but it I had put out? it in the I, I put it in the microwave. It turned into a cake. I put it in the microwave. What did you do? And I didn't I realize how cakey powder. it was. I put like chocolate powder, unflavored protein, and fair life in a cup, and I put it in the microwave and it turned into a, a cake that tasted disgusting. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure how protein powder reacts to to, to the microwave. Yeah, I was to gonna heat. say. Yeah, why would you microwave protein powder? Because I wanted hot chocolate, Josh. <laughs> That's your first mistake. Maybe, maybe you should have made hot chocolate, then mixed it with the. <laughs> <laughs> Look, man, I didn't. There were no rules when I when I was doing this. I was I was in uncharted territory, but uh, I hope that I hope that answers your question. I don't think it did, but it should, let's move on. <laughs> Moving on, guys. All right. <laughs> <laughs> last question we got was from ulysses and his question was biggest pivot in training so far i, I don't know what that means so maybe you can he's your lifter abe so maybe you can clarify what he means so one time i was training and i was walking in one direction and i had to go the other direction <laughs> real fast so I pivoted in the middle of the floor and it was a big pivot too i was just turning real quick like that tell him and then, and then I looked. I made I made eye contact with a nas. This is when I had my mustache. Oh my and I looked at a nas from across the gym. And I said, "Hey, spot me." He's. I said, "No, actually, I said, hey, watch me. Watch Don't me. spot me." Oh man, I'm gonna interpret what a Ulysses is asking, and, and he can ask another question next time we do this on Instagram because we will do this again. But I'm gonna interpret pivot in terms of training style, and the big biggest pivot that I made was. Uh, taking about uh, half a year to do what Anas mentioned previously, which was focusing on the process of lifting and less on focusing on numbers. Um, I did a lot of uh, high rep lifts. I did a lot of accessory lifts, and it was awesome. It was great. It was very, it was very relieving mentally to just be able to focus on movements and focus on something different than what I had been been doing for years, which was just squat bench and dead deadlift each session. Um, So that was a pretty big pivot, but I think a pretty necessary pivot as well. I guess the biggest one for me was kind of just taking a step back from the big three and really just focusing on um, weak point areas. And I did, I think I did that for about a year and so far, it's it's paid off. Um, I mean, my I've 
noticed that my technique has gotten better. I've gotten better at um, like knowing when to stop before I, I hurt myself. And yeah, I've, I've learned to listen to my body more by kind of taking that time to um, focus on other aspects of powerlifting rather than just increasing my uh, squat, bench, and dead number. I'd say that one time I actually like hurt myself was it was a big kind of like that's that's when I kind of changed my how I approach training um that's when I kind of was forced to take a step back and kind of stop uh focusing on on like on my goals and like more on the process and let the goals come mm-hmm. um but yeah, I think that's as far as training I think my training has been uh, about the same it's only so i mean I, I don't i don't make that many changes from from block to block so it's been slowly changing i haven't had any pivot i would Major say pivots. yeah i wouldn't say i've like I've, i went from going uh, i went from doing conjugate to like mm-hmm. more like, oh i did conjugate yeah. that was pretty fun yes yeah, so i don't think i had any major changes uh in my training i think there have been small changes over time um but yeah that's good insight, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was. That was yeah. awesome. Hey, Josh, yeah. a little bit of a side, but do you remember when Anas would give us uh, chain deadlifts? Oh, those were so much fun. Chains hanging from the bar. I, I, I never felt more like a man. I remember I was doing those, and every session I would do those would just criticize me any which way I put the chains on the bar. I would put them. At, I would put them at the end of the collar. Oh no, that's not correct. You're doing it wrong. Okay, okay fine. I and then I come in, and then I put it on the the middle of the bar. Oh no, that's still wrong. You're, oh, I don't know where to put the chains. Then I'm not asking you anymore. Yeah, I would use different size chains each session because I couldn't find the same pair and I couldn't tell the difference. I was like, ah, this is good enough. Okay, a pivot. A pivot in my training is is not to do chains and and bands. <laughs> <laughs> I remember doing the uh, banded uh, banded bench with like the small uh, mini bands oh, and like, banded using bench. the heaviest dumbbell. I, would, I don't yeah, mind no. banded bench actually. Banded bench um, is okay. Got you. Yeah. Get some uh, chains just for old times' yeah. sake. They're fun. Let's go outside and get I some chains. Yeah, go to Ace Hardware Store. I don't think they have much benefit like now. Oh, that's a different. Don't say that. People maybe who are conjugate are going to get mad. Our Louis Simmons is listening to our podcast. Our two conjugate lifters are going to. They're done. We're not just USAPL boys. We're 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 general boys. We're health. This is a health podcast. This is a health podcast. Health and comedy. We've got Arby's sponsoring us. We got Camel. Camel cigarettes. Come on. Do you have another? Camel has a new line of fitness cigarettes. What? <laughs> fitness cigarettes. Yeah, they're low calorie cigarettes. Okay, nice. Yeah. You have a question from Abe? Oh yeah, uh, Abe just wanted to let us know Arby's. Oh, that's a question. Well, is that a question? That's a question. Good question. Let me answer that, yeah. Abe. Whoever that is, Abe, um, please elaborate. Arby's. All right. Well, that's all the time we have for this episode this week. Um, <laughs> follow us on Instagram. Chalk my back. <laughs> Thank you all who asked the question. We'll be doing this again. This was very fun. Um, if you found this informative, even if you didn't find it informative, uh, follow us on Spotify. Follow us on Instagram. Again, that's at Chalk My Back. Thank you all for listening. Have a great week. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.